You're listening to ReachMD, and this is Lipid Lumination, sponsored by the National Lipid Association. I'm Dr. Alan Brown, your host, and joining me today is Dr. William or Bill Harris, who holds a Ph.D. in nutritional biochemistry from the University of Minnesota. He's been the principal investigator in several omega-3 fatty acid-related trials and has an NIH grant for such trials. Dr. Harris is a professor in the Department of Medicine at the Sanford School of Medicine, University of South Dakota, and the president of OmegaQuant. He's a senior scientist at Health Diagnostic Labs. We'll be discussing the recent randomized trials with fish oils, how the trials differ from those done in the early 90s, as well as how clinicians should utilize the information when treating their patients with omega-3 fatty acids. Bill, thank you very much for agreeing to this interview today. Oh, my pleasure, Al. So why don't you go through the trial evidence, such as it is, uh, and give us a little background on omega-3 fatty acids in clinical trials and whether or not, you know, you believe it's cardioprotective, and then we'll get to more discussion about the most recent so-called meta-analysis. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a long uh, roller coaster ride with omega-3, uh, which, of course, began in the 70s with observations that Greenland Eskimos uh, who were eating what, what we in the West thought were terrible diets, very high fat and cholesterol, were um, not having heart attacks. Uh, that was where really the omega-3 connection was discovered by some Danish investigators. And that whole paradigm went along very nicely for about 10 years without any good randomized trials to uh, test whether it actually, in uh, the Western context, with uh, adding omega-3 would reduce risk for events. Um, then along came uh, the first one, which was the DART trial, diet and reinfarction trial, published in Lancet in 1989. And that was a diet study, actually, where they randomized men to uh, a high fat feet, like two servings a week of, of high fat fish. Uh, and after two years, so these were post MI men, about 2,000 of them. Uh, there was a 20% drop in total mortality in that group compared to the others. So that was the first. Uh, good shot at an omega-3 uh, trial. Of course, eating fish is not omega-3 per se, but it was consistent with the idea that the uh, omega-3s were, were cardioprotective in humans. And this was at low doses, relatively speaking. It all through the 80s, um, many of the studies were done uh, with uh, between 6 and 10 grams of omega-3 EPA, DHA, um, looking at effects on lipids primarily. And this DART study was done with the equivalent of less than a gram of omega-3 uh, in the diet. So it was a paradigm shift in a way uh, for many people, and it was the inspiration for the really the most well-known omega-3 trial, was called the Gisi Prevention trial, which was built on the idea of the DART trial, and that's the one that had 11,000 uh, post-MI patients in Italy randomized to omega-3, about one capsule of the current uh, Lovesa, um, called Omicor in, the, in Italy. Uh, <clears throat> so just one capsule a day. Uh, vitamin E, the combination, or neither. And so it was a four-way uh, trial, two-by-two trial. And after about three and a half years, they saw virtually the same thing that was seen in the DART trial. There was about a 20% drop in total mortality and a big drop in sudden cardiac death, about 45%. So this was... Uh, essentially around from 1999 to 2000, and that was very exciting. Everybody did, it just fit very nicely with the story. Other trials came along. There was one trial in 2003 that was done by the original uh, uh, investigators of the DART study. We call it DART-2. 
was not post-MI patients, it was patients with angina. And they were randomized in the same way to a high fish diet or not. And um, after, actually they just randomized them and it essentially didn't see them again uh, until they looked at the, uh, uh, the death records in Great Britain to see who had died. And after nine years, there was actually more death in the omega-3 group uh, and more sudden death. And it didn't make any sense, and nobody still understands what happened. Uh, and that's a long discussion. This study was conducted in a really kind of a funky way, but um, I, I think at this point we'd have to say there sits as an anomaly, an unexplained. Um, I don't understand it. Nobody I know understands it. So it's always included in the meta-analysis because that it's, it's a, a reasonably well well executed trial. Um, nevertheless. That one was the only bump in the road until we, then we came along with the GC heart failure, which was another trial in the, uh, from, of course, the GC group and heart failure patients for one gram a day. Uh, and after, after four years, the reduced risk for uh, total death was significant. And the JELS trial was the next one, 2007, out of Japan, uh, 11, no, 18,000 uh, individuals, mostly primary prevention. <clears throat> about a, about uh, 20% were... Um, a secondary prevention group, and they were given uh, not the standard one gram of Omicor or Lovesa. They were given about two grams of EPA, pure EPA, which, of course, is the uh, one of the two long-chain omega-3s in fish oil. And that was a gusty study, and, and I think a lot of people's view. Um, number one, they didn't give DHA, and we assumed that you needed both of them. And secondly, they did it in Japan, where the fish intake is one of the highest in the world. We know that the, uh, the average Japanese omega-3 index, which is a red blood cell amount of EPA and DHA, is up around uh, 9 or 10%, uh, which is twice as high as it is in the United States. <clears throat> so this is a, a, a bad background diet on which to try to test the omega-3 hypothesis. But as it turned out, after five years, uh, uh, there was a 19% reduction in major cardiac events and positive endpoints. So it worked, even in Japan. So this was the context. Everything's working fine up through 2007. Then comes 2010, and there's three studies that were all negative, or a lot, like I say neutral. They, they, they didn't uh, show any beneficial effect of omega-3. And they'd all been built on the foundation of the GC Prevention study, one gram a day of lobezo. One of those studies is called, uh, actually I should say, that they were not all. One of the studies called the Alpha Omega study was a, a dietary study uh, where the omega-3 fatty acids were actually mixed into margarine, tubs of margarine. And they tested alpha-linolenic acid at about 2 grams a day, which is the plant, plant-based omega-3. And they tested EPA and DHA from fish oil at about 380 milligrams a day again, mixed into margarine, uh, both or neither, so two by two. And uh, followed, in the patients in that study all had a history of heart disease. Um, I think the average was like about four years post-MI. So they were certainly not in the acute uh, post-MI phase. And they uh, had no, uh, the, the overall study result was no effect. Um, and of course, many of us cried foul, saying, come on, you only gave them less than 400 milligrams of omega-3. Want me to keep going on this? Well, I'm going to tweak you on several of these. So uh, I'm going to ask you some questions about those trials, and I'm going to let you continue as well as 
talk about the recent meta-analysis. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to ReachMD. I'm Dr. Alan Brown. I'm speaking with Dr. Bill Harris about omega-3 fatty acid supplementation and cardiovascular events. So, Bill, before you get through any more trials, uh, which I'm going to let you do, I just want to ask you a couple of questions. So when you look back at the GC Prevenzioni study, though they used a composite endpoint of sudden cardiac death as well as uh, hard cardiovascular events, there really wasn't any significant difference in the hard cardiovascular events. All the benefits seemed to be driven by sudden cardiac death, as I recall. Um, uh, well, total mortality was down. Right, but didn't that include the sudden death? It did include sudden death, but there was only, I think the event rate was, you know, 1.5%. Yeah, So, but it didn't really show a reduction in MIs or need for angioplasty or bypass or any of those, uh, right? True, so, right. And then didn't they later do a, a trial of patients with defibrillators to see if maybe it was an antiarrhythmic effect? And, and uh, they just like the... The DART two that you discussed, they showed actually an increase in defibrillator discharges, rather than yeah, a well, yeah, there were three of those studies, and and one of them did show in a, in a subgroup analysis a increase in discharge. Yeah, it's clear as mud, and uh, so I guess I want you to finish up with the trials, finish up with the trials that you're discussing, and then I want to hear your opinion since you're an expert on this subject about why when we have commercially available. Fish oil. We haven't had a prospective randomized trial that you and I would design. Uh, that was one of the criticisms, uh, you know, of uh, some of the newer lipid-lowering agents like azetamibe. Why didn't they do a prospective randomized trial? And, and I want to hear your thoughts on on how you would design a study. Uh, but before we do that, go ahead and continue with the last few trials, and then how you put that all into perspective on this meta-analysis. Sure. Uh, really, the uh, remaining trials, uh, are, there are three of them, actually. Uh, again, two of them published in 2010, one published in uh, 2012. The two in 2010, uh, besides the alpha-omega, were the, a French study that's uh, a supplementation with folic acid and omega-3. So it was a B vitamin plus or minus omega-3 study that, um, again, was 600 milligrams of EPA and DHA in patients who had an event in the last year. Um, about 2,500 patients, no, not enough power, again, to detect a significant effect. And there was, so it was a neutral study. Um, then Origin, excuse me, Omega, was a study that was done completely in Germany uh, to test the, the GISI observation that in one year after a, uh, a treatment with Omega-3, there should be a reduction in risk for sudden death. So that's, that was their design. Um, they only went one year. Again, it was, it was placebo versus one capsule of Omicor. Uh, and it was a time-delimited study, not an event-driven study. And so after one year, they didn't have near enough events. They stopped the study anyway. Um, and they found no effect. But they, again, didn't have the power to do anything. Right, and we've got a lot of concomitant therapies to reduce sudden death that we didn't have during the Prevenzioni trial, right? Other therapies, certainly a lot of acute uh, angioplasty. Tell us your thoughts then on this recently published meta-analysis, and and um, I'm I'm really curious to hear your insights on that, and then we can talk about if if you were to design a trial, what it should look like. Uh, yeah, last week, uh, September 11th, was uh, a publication in uh, JAMA 
of a meta-analysis by a group from um, Greece, first author Rizos, uh, who took uh, looked at 20 of these uh, randomized trials, uh, whether they were placebo-controlled or not, as long as they were controlled trials. There was a placebo, or a, rather a comparative group, 20 studies. They uh, you know, did the standard stuff that they do with meta-analysis. This was the 15th meta-analysis of omega-3 and cardiovascular disease, by the way. Uh, they've added them up. Um, in this one, they showed uh, a, a trend toward benefit in sudden cardiac death, um, cardiac total cardiac events, and a significant reduction in cardiac death uh, across these 20 studies with 70,000 people. Uh, so in, the, in their actual figures and the data, they show a benefit, statistically uh, significant benefit on cardiac death. But then you read the results section of the paper, and they say that they decided they should raise the p-value for acceptance of a finding to 0. 0.006 instead of 0. 0.05, because they thought that um, they were testing some different, two or three different endpoints, and they needed to adjust for that. Uh, and therefore, uh, they concluded there was no benefit in cardiac death or anything else. And so the headlines were omega-3 supplements have, do not do anything um, to help uh, reduce risk of cardiac patients. Which, again, many of us cried foul. This is, you do not, in, in the view of many people I've talked to, in a meta-analysis, you use 95% confidence intervals to decide to, to draw your conclusions. In fact, I went back and looked at uh, JAMA from January 1st, 2012 till now. There's been 16 meta-analysis published uh, across the whole you know, spectrum of medicine. And every one of them used 95% confidence intervals except this one, which set the bar eight times higher at 006. And so they concluded omega-3s didn't work, uh, which is incorrect, but that's the way they did it, and it's, um, so it's a complete puzzle why they were allowed to do that uh, by the editor of JAMA. All right. Well, you've got the podium right now, and we got a lot of listeners. So, um, and uh, I don't want to speculate on motivations. Yeah, yeah. And actually, you're one of the smarter people I know. So I, I'd like to hear then uh, your thoughts on a couple of issues. And number one, is it better to eat a lot of fish based on the data than it is to take fish oil supplements? That's the first question I want to ask you. Number two, what's your take on the, on the number needed to treat with a fish oil supplement to reduce a cardiovascular event? And number three, you know, what's the role of doing blood levels uh, in patients on omega-3 supplementation? I would always advocate. I think that people, first of all, use fatty fish, uh, oily fish. Uh, that's probably the best way to do it. It's just an impracticality for many people. And I don't think we can say it's better than supplements. Nobody's ever tested them side by side. Uh, there's no a priori reason that it would necessarily be better than supplements. Uh, I, yeah, I encourage use of, of oily fish, but we've got, again, limitations on, on uh, sources of oily fish, etc. That's a whole ecological question. Uh, number needed to treat, I have to say, I don't know off the top of my head how many you'd have to treat. Uh, the, the, the question is really, I, I think... I think the proper use of omega-3 is a preventive in the long run, decades of omega-3. Not this, this meta-analysis, the mean was about 
median is only two years long of treatment in the uh, in the uh, Rizzo's meta-analysis. So we have two years of treatment. We have about a gram of omega-3. We have patients who are already on back to sun meds, and they're 63 years old, and they've got coronary disease or cardiovascular. So in that context, yeah, one gram of omega-3 is not doing it. That's, I think that's fair to say. If you were recommending to a 30-year-old what they should take for lifetime prevention, what would your recommendation be? Um, my recommendation would be 500 to 1,000 milligrams of EPA, DHA combined. The, the Japanese average is about 1,000 milligrams. That's part of their normal life, and they risk greater longevity significantly than we do, much less heart disease. Um, and that would give you an omega-3 index to your final question. Uh, what's the value of measuring omega-3? Uh, I, I think this is a, an evolving or, or emerging um, marker, something that's being done at Health Diagnostic Lab, but it's a, uh, the, the omega-3 index measures the red blood cell levels of EPA and DHA, and it expresses as a percent total fatty acids. And the, the target value that we think is healthy is around 8% of omega-3. Most Americans are five, about 5%. Birmingham, we got about 5%. And so they're, we're, by that standard, low, and uh, it's, it's fairly easy to get the omega-3 index up to 8%. It's certainly one of the treatable risk factors for cardiovascular disease, and it's easily treated, safely treated, and cheaply treated. And so we think there's going to be a, a, a big future, I think, for measuring omega-3 levels as part of the standard lipid profile. Thank you very much, uh, Bill, for taking the time to talk to us about omega-3 supplementation. And I'm Dr. Alan Brown. You've been listening to Lipid Illumination, sponsored by the National Lipid Association on ReachMD. Please be sure to visit our website at ReachMD.com, featuring podcasts of this and other series. Thank you all very much for listening.